I thought those were one of the cases that were um, his and Aziz was a little bit more in the gray area and I understood what, what why it was necessary you know because men put women in uncomfortable positions and sometimes you know there's a faking it element where it's like I didn't really want to do it I just this was a weird situation I didn't know what to do I just froze so like I understood where that was coming from but I think uh yeah I I think both of them who who disappeared and they paid their their unofficial jail time and then they came back and addressed it straight up I, th- I thought that was the right move I, th- I think they played everything correctly as, as correct as you could um Aziz owned up and apologized on the top of his special and then uh, Louis kind of addressed it throughout and um, yeah I, I don't think it was enough for them to be banished like Chris D'Elia might be he he might have a harder time doing I don't think he should do that approach I don't know what approach he should do because I think that was one of the cases where I'm like bro you, you flew too close to the sun and now you gotta deal with those consequences but uh I think for those two specifically, I, I thought, you know, the time was appropriate a couple of years away from shit, laying low, kind of re- reconsidering your behavior and then going from there. So that's, yeah, that's what I, I kind of pulled pull from that. Has it affected you at all in terms of relating to women now after the Me Too movement and all these people getting called out and for a guy? existing yeah i mean i think it made me recalibrate my behavior for sure and i i don't think it was funny i was literally thinking about that today um you know i think from my behavior it's never been felonious it's never been a mid like but i definitely have done things where like if if this was a a policed situation. I'd be pulled over by the cop and he'd be like, hey, you know you're not supposed to do that. You're off with a warning. And I think that's that's the the most of my behavior that needed to be altered. Not saying I'm like out here Ted Bunny in situations, but I think every guy had to look in the mirror and kind of rectify their behavior and reapproach things like, okay, I do this, I do this, and this isn't cool. I know men who've done that and that's not cool. So like you got you get to gauge where you are and then approach it and get better. So um yeah, I I think uh I've learned from it just as a man and then as a stand up I got to approach the 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 articles and all the cases that were happening and kind of find my opinion through that and be like, "Okay, I agree with this. I disagree with this. I see where you're coming from here." I empathize here. Oh, I didn't learn. I didn't know that. And I learned this from this. So, like, it's been an all-encompassing thing for sure. So, like, all around. And I think think the overall lesson is, like, you know, as men, we're learning. It's something that we obviously want subconsciously. uh, And we're taught to learn it or get it through finesse, like just be smoother and finesse, just get get there, you know, with a little more finesse, but I think the right answer is uh, compassion. And, and it's like, no, just shut the fuck up and listen and like 
all the things you want will happen if you just shut up and listen. Like, if a girl likes you, you're getting chose. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. It's just right there. It's in your hand versus, like, working for it. And it's like that approach kind of changes everything. And the last thing I learned was, you know, when, when I'm defending these cases, I'm not defending, I'm not taking into consideration that these people are different from me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm defending, like, well, you know, well, I feel like she did this and that. that I'm putting myself in their shoes and it's them in their shoes and they weren't doing the same things that I was. Because what I did when when I was in those situations, I was like, oh, then what happened? Well, I just left. Like, I always did the right thing when I was in those situations first versus her. And I think that's why I was getting defensive towards it. So once I realized, like, oh, no, why am I defending this guy who did it or defending him from my perspective? Because I didn't do it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's I try to approach it from literally every angle and, and learn where I need to grow, where I need to poke and make fun, and then where I could, you know, say something. But, you know, when I talk about it on stage, it's, it, you make fun of it, but then you hear, <laughs> you'll hear a different laugh from somebody. You're like, oh, I can't, I can't say it to everybody because there's one dumbass who like who will run with it the wrong way and I'm like oh this is who you're talking about and it almost reveals like what y'all were saying you're like yo it's not all of you it's one and one person that's him yeah. and that's when you're like oh gotcha so you know and I've I've always approached it as like alright let's approach it comedically and then once you hear that laugh you're like that's who you're talking about and I'm like gotcha so um, yeah it's an all encompassing thing like you it it affects people and I think comedy you know in a weird way started the movement because well not started the started the moment the movement was already in in motion and then the moment came from Hannibal making fun of Bill Cosby and then that joke went viral and then all the girls were like yo yeah that happened to me and then me too took over and it's like boom so comedy has a a special power if it's used correctly to you know, I don't think Hannibal's been just casually doing that joke for years, and all of a sudden, boom, it's a movement. And it's like, yeah, that's what, that's what the fuck it could do if done correctly. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think it was a necessary thing. And then following that, you see, like, this wave of self-healing. So it's like... Excuse me, I'm sorry. Hey, you, you got that juicer thing that you be making? Yes, it's uh, top, shelf. top shelf. Top shelf. Yeah, there's lemon already in oh. it. If you need. Okay. No, 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 in the fridge. My bad. Oh, in the fridge. Oh, oh shit. See it? Yeah. Okay, got you. You need this lemon juice? What you doing? With this? Pour it. Okay. Man, you guys must be so much happier now with just you two here. It's great. We're flowing. Yeah. But yeah, and it, I kind of force him to play his hand now because he's. There'd be days where he's like, yeah, you know, I don't get anything because I'm a white man. And I'm like, you can't use racism when you're living in the house with two black dudes. Yeah. Are. I'm like, that can't be the logic where he's like, yeah, you know, I'm just not getting it. He's like, you guys have it easy. I'm like, no, <laughs> it's easy for you. You're just not, we're, you're not it. You're not, you're not living righteously. Yeah. Energy. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. But yeah, um, 
that as a feeder. That's, that's funny. And I never thought, and I defit, uh, I subconsciously did that. I'm like, no, it's probably him. Just and it's like, no, he probably has more. And I'm just thinking of it as like a one thing, thing. And I'm like, no, it's a, it's a tip of an iceberg. So like, that's what I mean by like. I'll subconsciously defend where I'm like, no, it's probably just one thing. And I'm thinking of me in that situation. And I'm like, no, if he's doing that just openly. To like, random people. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a day three conversation. It's like, so what do you like? Uh-huh. Like, I like feet. <laughs> not, not a fresh out the door. Dinner type. party. Right. <laughs> no rapport built. So that's what I subconsciously defend that I need to stop because I'm thinking like, you know, there's nothing wrong with liking feet, but uh-huh. just opening up, that's not, that's not high, nice to meet you conversations. Yeah. That's, that's using your power incorrectly and doing it because you can. Yeah. A lot of people do shit because they can. Have you ever seen or experienced grooming? Yes, I've seen it with women to men, though. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, and I don't think it was a necessarily a bad thing, but, um, yeah, I don't think I've seen, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a woman being groomed. It, it is still weird when I see young, young, young girls date older guys, because, I mean, that's a form of it that we see, but at... Well, you're 23 you know what I mean like what can we say like you know, you're, you're an adult but yeah. seeing that happen I'm like oh that's clearly what it is but yeah um how about you, you definitely it? yeah on both ends okay yeah how young was the person being groomed early 20s okay yeah I guess that's when it happened yeah still impressionable I mean I was one of them yeah. For sure, when I was that age, yeah. Right. I dated it, someone double my age at that time. But, and it's a weird situation because, like, you know, from a male standpoint, it's like, don't do that. Like, like, but we can't advise in that manner. I mean, but yeah. I think growing up, like, women naturally liked older dudes because I've seen it where... Me and Kyle were just talking about girls in high school and she's dating a college... No, it was somebody else I was talking to her about. But girls in high school and he she's dating a college dude and you're like, that looks cool in high school and then you circle back and then you look at people in high school and you're like, you're a baby. Like, what are you, what are you doing with somebody who's 19 or 20? Like, that's weird. And then, you know, looking back, 23-year-olds were looked at as adults when I was younger than now I look back and I'm like oh you're a baby you have no idea what the fuck is about to happen to you in life let alone with a person who's older than you so um I mean I have a friend who he's maybe 45 46 and the girl that he's dating is 24 perhaps and he said to me uh, no I don't like dating older women because they're too complex right I like her she's simple right like okay, you're using her age and lack of right. life experience to your advantage. Yeah, right. Her lack of discernment. Yeah. So you could get away with red flags yeah. that you wouldn't normally get. Right. Yeah. And I yeah I think. Uh, it's like oh that's gross. Right. Okay. And there I think from the movement there's men who adapted their behavior and adjusted accordingly, which you should do or 
men like that where they're like, I'm not changing. This is who I am. I was like, nah, you can do some tweaking, bro. Like, you're not perfect. And then they just surround themselves with people who are like, who enable that behavior. And that's a, yeah, that's a dangerous game to play. That, that happens a lot where I think that's why I've been happy to be the no person where I'm like, nah, I'm going to call that out. That's weird. Or at least make fun of that shit. Yeah. But yeah, that happens. Yeah. What's the future of the comedy club? What's what's gonna happen? What do you think? I think, I think they're gonna get bought out by bigger companies. Oh really? Like Live Nation oh. and Levity and just, um, and then it's gonna be corporate, and then oh. there's going to be a surge of underground comedians creating their own thing, and that's gonna be the th- cool. Like, uh, that's gonna be the new thing because all we need is a microphone uh, and two speakers and some chairs that's it so i think clubs wow were, so it's over that era maybe what i'm hoping happens to the comedy store which we're kind of seeing what the fuck happens is i mean when i was there it was the house of blues and the comedy store and there was not too many apartments and condos now it's just like all condos just looking over this little building uh-huh and so they want that spot for sure and so what happens in that moment is they either get bought out there's a number that they're looking for and they're just waiting on that or what i'd hope happen would happen is a group of comics Kevin Hart, Dave Chappelle, uh-huh. Jerry Simon, all these rich guys who yeah. are 100 millionaires get together and buy it out. As Kind of like how Jay-Z bought the Brooklyn Nets. Like they all formed a committee to buy it. So yeah. hopefully that will happen. Um, who owns it right now? I think it's like people affiliated with the Shore family. So I think Polly is part owner and there's some like board members but I it's been rumored that they're going they may sell it um and that's always been up in there and then when Mitzi died like it became like a little more rumored and then now that quarantine's happening like we don't know but uh I mean I think the the so I'd want clubs to survive but then you look at how clubs have been treated comedians um like you get paid if I do a set at a club, I probably get twenty bucks. That's it. How do you live off of that? Um, you don't. <laughs> you, you you have to do other things. Um. So, the clubs are paying that. Now they're charging two drink minimum. So going to a main room show, you're probably paying seventy five to hundred bucks. You know. Whoa. A comic's getting. A Times quor- hundred at least, right? More than that, times 400, both rooms, two shows each. Comic is, and so the main room is different. You get paid a little more, but a paid regular set, you get $20. If you go to a club, you get 20 bucks. If you feature, you get, I think, at, at like La Jolla or something like that, you'll get 200 bucks. That's been the same rate since the 70s. Oh, really? That has not been altered. So feature or host in the 70s. 200 bucks. That's a lot of money then. That's shit now. So, that's the downside of a club. Or that's the good side of a club kind of closing down. It's like, we're not being taken advantage of anymore because 
if I'm like, hey, I'm not going to do that rate, somebody else will because they want to get in at the comedy store so bad. And then since there's no market rate for comedians, we don't know what the fuck, you know, mm-hmm. our rate is worth. So how much is the set? I don't know. We just told 10 minutes of dick jokes. That's worth $15,000 or $5. Like Got you coming up next player. Oh, what's this? No, says tequila. Uh, hey. Something I made it Thank up. Thank you. Kason. Tequila Kason. It's good. Kyle, your I'm eyebrows. You're lying to me just telling me that it's good over here, right? <laughs> did you wax your eyebrows? Me? Yeah. No, well, I did cut in between. Oh, you so. did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They look perfectly shaped. That's the Very beautiful, Kyle. Thank you. Great eyebrows. So, two hundred. Yeah, the rates haven't changed That's much, crazy. right? And wait, so how do comedians survive? They have a day job. They That's have a just day the only job, way. or yeah, I mean, but okay, so it's that, and then it just jumps up. Like there's a, there's uh, a significant jump like somewhere. Like you get a sitcom or you're on a show. Well, no, there's the your your rate just goes up from uh, like mine went maybe it, I did that and then all of a sudden it's just more. Uh, all of a sudden you're just like oh it just there's a gap somewhere. So it's that and I think that's it naturally weeds out people because who could survive on this when you know you know eventually but you know you do a. There's people under maybe Chappelle in between there. Like Donald Rawlings. There, there's way you get you get your money on the back end for sure, and you get the life that you want. But going through it, the first first ten, you probably have to have a job. Yeah. You know, um, writing gigs are three to five thousand a week. So like, if you get a writing gig, you're chilling. Yeah, yeah. So there, the avenues are there. Uh huh. You just have to get there. Some people get there sooner than others, but you know, it it, uh, it just depends on the comic. So, damn, you gotta really love what you do. Oh yeah, <laughs> to get paid twenty dollars a show. Right, but here's the thing: the the twenty dollars, like, it's meaningful. I know in a weird, sick way, you're just like, I'd rather take that. Like, I've gotten twenty dollars, and then I've gotten like checks. $2,000 of shit that I didn't like but the $20 is, it means a lot more it's worth more it's weighted um, and it's a weird way but like it's not a good thing because we we value that more because it's not yeah. it's not about the money but it should it should be like we don't have a union we don't have like there's no market rate like you know music has where at least you'd be like okay features get this this is what your entry points are we, I don't know. I literally don't even know. You kind of just guess and figure that out from there. So, what is comedy's version of a label, like a music label? There isn't one, is there? No, and uh, I, I was, I think I was talking to Kyle about that. That's one thing I want to start uh-huh. where I have a label of comics, yes, and then we have access to similar things, almost like a, like a Tyler, like Tyler the Creator has something like that where everybody, all of his crew has access to tour or uh, Top Dog Entertainment has something like right, that. Right, right. Um, where you may not be the Kendrick but you could be the Isaiah right. and get, you know, touring and, and Be access. the opener for right. whoever. Um, the closest thing would be Adam Sandler, like groups of friends that uh-huh. went through. So Adam Sandler, Rob Schneider, Chris Rock, all of them 
still work with each other. So when Adam Sandler got that deal with Netflix, all he did was make movies with his friends. Mm-hmm. And they weren't great movies, but everybody got paid. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's literally what you do. Um, that's but, the way. Yeah. There's, but that is something that I'm trying to do. Thank you, man. Cheers, Kyle. Quesan margarita. Right. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, if I could start that, like, if I get, like, you got to. Right. Um, it's just finding the right people who know how to run that. And, uh, I mean, I know I have some capability, but if I could run like a rock nation type deal where, you know, everybody has like a J Cole, like a J Cole deal. Is perfect for comedians. We don't want to be fucking famous. Yeah. We just want to make our shit, yeah, yeah. live wherever we want to live, tour when we want to tour, and just have the the yo. I got some shit. Put it out, and it just goes. So, Rock Nation deals. From what I know, I don't know too much of it, but you own your mask. You own your intellectual property. You own all of it. There's cool people associated with you, and you you're tied in. So if I could do. If I could Jay-Z that, you know what I mean? I think I'd be happy, like, on the back end of things after I build my shit. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I, you know, I have my favorite comedian, Chappelle and Patrice, but I'm trying to build something more like Kanye and Jay-Z than what any other comedian has done. So, yeah, 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 something with a foundation and that's sustainable, mm-hmm. where comedians can really build a life. Right. That's stable. Right. And that's all we want. Like, yeah. Most people don't want big mansions. We just right. Give us a dope-ass condo. Access to tour. Bring our friends home. Uh-huh. And then, you know, let us have that platform. Uh-huh. I worked a job with Kevin Hart once. He did a Chase Freedom campaign. Yeah. He is Fire wakes up 4.30 in the morning, works yeah. out for two hours, does this, goes to press, comes here, shoots this, goes there, boom, 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 boom. So I did his show. It, it's his way of, like, showcasing younger comedians. And they they flew everyone out. Well, they, they did specific cities. Uh, and I was associated with San Diego, but I lived in L.A., so I was, like, right here. But he flew everyone out to a hotel, and they all got rooms. And it was like over three days. So they, you meet, like meet, sign all the paperwork. Then you do a segment, and the next day you perform. So one of the days, he's at the hotel, and he's doing a scholarship gala for something. And they're like, "Oh, uh, are you got?" So they asked the producers of the show. They're like, "Are you uh, paying for Kevin's food?" And he was like, "Kevin's not here." And he was like, "Yes, he is." So Kevin Hart was there at an event while his show was there doing an event uh-huh. and he didn't even know so he's just running in circles and then you finally meet him and like when I saw him he was filming another show while filming this show while after he just did a scholarship uh-huh. gala so it was like all these things and I was like yo this this man's a machine yeah. like literally to the point where I was like he's not hu- he's not human like yeah he works his ass off and I really yeah. admired that yeah it's cool. Uh-huh. It's it's very cool. I I think, you know, and so if, if he has he has a ch- chance to be like a Jay Z if he if he plays his cards yeah, right. Yeah, um, I can see that. Right. 
And I think that's what he's going for because I think he he went the rock star route, and then now he's going for the mogul route of right. of being just the guy because he he built the, he's self sustaining like he's that's not machine built at all like that's his work so um, in a sense he's organic like it, like it started from him just doing it the right way and, and passing out flyers and collecting email cards and shit like that and that's how he got it so yeah if I could do something like that maybe not on that level but if it does who am I to say no yeah uh, yeah I, I'd like to do something like that where I own my own shit I have my own rocket ship it's it's my thing that I want to see and, and you know do that so it'll be like more Dave Chappelle level content, mm-hmm. styled content with Kevin Hart's rocket ship. Because mm-hmm. I think Chappelle kind of just focused on himself. Necessarily so, because he's great. You can't really build greatness when you're great. Um, but yeah, Kevin Hart had the platform to yeah. do. He's not necessarily my favorite in terms of a comedian, but I respect him. Same. Yeah. Same. He's... Uh, I mean, he's funny as shit, and I think Pete, when people are like, ah, oh, he's not funny, I'm like, oh, he, it's because he got too broad, mm. because he got big, and you have mm. to stop doing the subtle nuances that make you funny and just, you know, do things. Yeah, exactly, you, right? yeah. And that's what he does, but yeah. there's moments where you'll see him, like, on TNT, the NBA, like, talking to Shaq and, and Charles Barkley, where he's just pure funny, and you're like, oh, he still has it, it's just... He's going for something else, right? Where you know he can't always be that. So, you know, I loved his interview when he sat down with Joe Rogan. Do you see that one? Yes, the yeah. blue sweater. Uh-huh. When he's that? Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's he's. A I think one. he even he even said he was like, you know, I'm an alien. Like we're aliens, and uh-huh. he, he was like, we're not from. We're different uh-huh. than everyone. And I'm like, yes, you are. Like uh-huh. it was very weird, but. Um, yeah, I thought that he drops gems and mm-hmm. he does it right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Andrew Schultz, I try to get into him. Uh huh. I like his stand up, but I don't like what he's doing now with his Instagram. Sit down. Sit yeah. down. It, I don't get it, and it doesn't. It's not funny to me. But I I watched his stand up a few nights ago. I was like, oh, he's good. I'm yeah. laughing. He's. So, Andrew Schultz, I, I feel the same where I'm not sold on him, but I like what he's doing because he has his, he's building a rocket ship. Yeah. It's going somewhere, right. clearly. It's organic. And, you know, he's... People he's, like it. People like it. Uh-huh. So, I can't hate on it. And then I watch moments of his stand-up where I'm like, it's funny. It is, I think it won't stand the... His comedy won't stand the test of time, but what he's doing will, which is mm. building that platform. So, like, he's now taking, you know, that Jay-Z, Kevin Hart thing that they built and being like, okay, let me make a smaller version of this in front of everybody. And so we're watching him do it live. And I think that's going to be helpful. And I think he's doing it openly to be like, hey, man, this is what comedy needs. Yeah. So he's serving comedy. I don't know if he's a if he's a natural comedian, if that makes sense, yeah. or if he's, cause I don't, yeah, I've never laughed like, ha ha. Like he's, I'm like, oh, that was good. But uh-huh. I've never like 
genuine like, oh, this guy's fucking funny. And uh-huh. then when you see him try to be funny, you're like, oh, you're not. You're not supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to do something else. But uh, He's an entertainer. That Yeah, that's fair. I, yeah. Yeah, I see him. I definitely see him, you know, being influential in comedy. Maybe in like a Jon Stewart Daily Show type mm-hmm. deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, that's what he's trying to do. But uh, Love Jon Stewart. Yeah. And Colbert. Yeah. I, I'm mad at Colbert with the direction he went with the late night show. But yeah. like, it's still, you know... He's still it, and it's still good. Yeah. yeah. Gotta get that money. Right. That's um, at a certain point. Right. But, but yeah, Daily you. Show had an influence on, like... Hell yeah! Yeah. Huge, huge, huge influence. And I was literally talking about it the other day. Like, I didn't grow up on SNL, but I grew up on The Daily mm. Show. And, you know, I think you take a Dave Chappelle-type ideology, you put that in the... the you know, Daily Show, Dave Chappelle ideology in the Daily Show, it works. Like, you're almost like a politician slash social commentator slash comedian. And that's, you know, that's just a gun. So, like, I was like, yeah, you know what? What I want to be on SNL, yes. But what I want to do Daily Show more, probably so. Like, that'd be something I'd be down to do. Where, you know. I can see you on yeah, Daily I Show. Yeah, fun. voice of reason. Right. And, and just unpacking a... a news of it being like all right here's what's really right uh-huh. and then making fun of both sides um and i think that's what the greats do is like they they cover a topic they don't take one side but both sides use that comic to be like yeah see he agrees with me and it's like no he he's making fun of you but he's saying you're right but you're still the punchline so mm. um yeah man i love when people make fun of me because not, not a lot of people do. Right. And when someone does, I'm like, oh, you feel comfortable. You, you see me. You see It's me. not serious. Right, right. <laughs> so. Literally one out of 10, 20 people. Will bust your balls. Yes. It's necessary, yeah. Um, people don't do that to me either. Mm. Yeah, they're. But when it does, it's. I'm happy when it, yeah, when it happens where I'm like, thank you, man. It, it, like humanizes you a little bit makes you feel like you're a part of of what's happening so yeah i think maybe it's everyone is scared to hurt each other's feelings right now perhaps i feel like everyone's gone a little sensitive over the past couple years right 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 and tippy-toeing and apologizing over this that and the third right that yeah that happens too and I think we dealt with that in comedy and, and you kind of learn quick like no you gotta like just kind of burst through the gate and yeah. guns a blazing cause if not then you're just gonna not speak your mind and someone else will and they'll mm-hmm. say your shit and it's you just missed out cause you didn't have the balls to say it mm. so um, and it's comedy it's comedy that's, <laughs> that's literally what we're supposed to do is uh, make fun of shit uh-huh. and be like, oops, sorry. Like I said the wrong word, or I did the worst thing, or whatever. And oopsie is a joke. Like you know what I mean. So, um, did you hear about? I forget which actress it was, but she had to apologize because she played a character that only had four fingers, and people were <laughs> complaining that she had five fingers, and that right. she played a four-fingered person. They're like, a four-fingered person should have played that. Right. No. Like, she's an actress. Right. <laughs> what? And a, 
person who has four fingers probably wasn't good at what they were doing. Yeah. So they're definitely not going to be a good actress. Like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> no. Just, yeah, that's weird. The extremism. Right. And I think, you know, what's weird is because Patrice spoke out about this a long time ago, but that was a, like, a Republican speaking point. Like, oh, you guys are getting out of control. We need to get back to PC. And so that was a Republican standpoint, and now it's a liberal standpoint. So, like, oh. it, it's weird that the same, you know. Interesting. Yeah. So he went on Fox News to defend somebody that they were condemning, and he's like, no. And he was the black guy defending a white person. So it, like, yeah, it just, it switches. And mm. So now somebody needs to do that for, you know, the the left and bust balls and be like, no, it's okay. We got it. That's our job is to find that line and then skate around it. And you fuck up along those lines. You say the wrong things, but that's that's the difference between the polit- politicians can't. We can. You know, so. <laughs> he's chilling now. He's yeah. not excited for me, but he's comfortable. Yeah. Took him a while. He, he's not comfortable at first at other yeah. people's house. He stayed houses. over there and he was looking at me. Yeah. And then, and then I noticed he was on the couch and then he's in the corner. And then he slowly <laughs> started, now he's like belly up. Uh-huh. I trust you. Uh-huh. All my organs are exposed. <laughs> but yeah, that's the game. I think comedy will be in a cool place because now it's, I mean, it's literally illegal to perform live. So that's what we'll feed on, like, secret shows and just like yo show up here for a good time that kind of like fire yeah and then people will show up and it doesn't need to be big anymore it doesn't need you don't need arenas you can go arenas if you want to but i think the real comedy and kevin hart kind of picked up on that it's going to be small rooms it's going to be intimate it's going to be 20 because all you need is 20 people for a good show i've had 10 people and had the time of my life Mm. so 20 30 up to 100 and you're good and then you just play that go around and I think that it'll be like that for a little bit and then the bigger comedians will come down and then slowly start to lift back to where it was and then you know they'll be able to get back to arenas but the real comics like the Chappelle's and the Kevin Hart's are going to have to come back down to play smaller rooms in order to save comedy so you'll start seeing you know how you you would go to the comedy store and see just like the traditional lineup you'll start seeing like okay dave Chappelle, bill burr kevin hart all back to back to back and you're like oh you this think is, so? i think so yeah i think they'll start sacrificing their name for mm. the for comedy because if not then the clubs shut down it, if they don't you know step in like you know, we could support it but right, you're coming right. to see you know Chappelle, and uh-huh. he'll sell out in 20 minutes uh-huh. so uh, that's what Joe Rogan did for the comedy store. He kind of sacrificed his name, and oh, really? that's why it was popping all the time. So, oh. like, if Joe Rogan put his name on the the marquee, sells out. Uh-huh. If not, then it's they'll do well, but not as easy. So, you know, if everybody is like, "Hey, Chappelle on Mondays, Kevin Hart on Tuesdays, Louis on Wednesdays," mm. you know, Rogan on Thursday, then it gets broken up. Uh-huh. So. They are doing those shows in Austin right now. Austin's running. Man, I thought about getting a ticket just to go yeah. and enjoy the right. week. Yeah, there's a, there's been a lot of comedians migrating there. Tim Dillon just moved there. Tony Hinchcliffe just moved yeah, there. Yeah, uh, Fahim. Uh, 
couple of other people. But yeah, Austin, like, they had the infrastructure. They were a great scene. They have a college town. They have regular people. Austin's like a mini LA. And it's like, yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, all the people who left LA kind of tapped out. Like, they, they played their hand. They didn't really get to where they wanted to go, or they did. And they're like, oh, okay, I'm okay with not doing so. Um, that kind of opens up the pipeline for economists ah, to true. move. Yeah, so it's a, it's a healthy ah, churn because yes. they get to live the life. Because, you know, you're, Tim Dillon doesn't need a roommate. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, he gets that, he has his fan base, he has his following. Yeah, yeah. So he should have a nice house in Austin where he just tours and does his podcast. That's right. perfect. You know, and, you know, that opens the the landscape up. So, you know, I move up a slot because these guys are gone now. And I think that's what I realized before quarantine. Uh, everything was clogged. And uh-huh. I was like, why am I not moving up? And it's uh-huh. like, because they're just comfortable yes. up here. So now they're gone. So there'll be a flow uh-huh. of things. So. Are there any women comedians that you like that I don't know about? Um. Yeah. So... Ali Wong is great. Oh, yeah, um, person I'm dating, Monterey Martinez. She's funny. Ooh, um, she's a comedian? Yeah, yeah, So she's funny. She's starting to get shit popping, and we're working on her podcast and things of that nature, and we're kind of building this, like, comedy, or the infrastructure, at least, and she's kind of, like, my first test subject of, like, all right, all of your work is going to look a certain way. It's going to have my aesthetic on it. It's going to have your content, and, you know, we're kind of blending it like that. Um, let's see. I've been on Nikki Glazer a little bit. I don't know if you've seen her before. I have, yeah. Um, and at first, I was a little, like, I kind of brushed her off, dismissed her, because I was like, ah, she just talks about sex all the time. And then I watched her, and I'm like, oh, she, if she talked, if, if she applied her comedic, like, skill to other topics, she'd be great, because her, her comedic chops are just, like, unpacking the fuck out of a topic and I'm like oh this is like good shit right here um and then my favorite comic probably Sam J uh she is a butch lesbian so that's kind of cheating I don't know, but, uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah she's she's funny and you know I know her personally she's she's a good friend of mine but she has this ability to to approach you with her like butch energy but then still hit you with woman shit and you're Uh just like okay that it yeah so there's things that she said to me on and off stage that like resonate with me because i'm like how'd you do that she's like bro you forget that i'm a girl (laughs) don't forget that i know i have that ability and i was like ah okay so yeah she just dropped a super dope special oh okay Uh, it's called three in the morning and um yeah it's very it's perfect of her. It, 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 she talks about all the things, finds that balance, and and yeah, it, it's a really good special. So yeah, th- those are, those are my girls that I always. Uh, Blair Sochi's good. Um, she she starts. You'll start seeing more of her soon. She has a cool voice, funny. So yeah, got a handful of people I keep my eye on. Yeah. What about you? Who are your for women, I mean, I don't know much. That's why okay. I asked you. Okay. Uh, I just started listening to Whitney Cummings' podcast. Not my favorite. Yeah. She has moments, but it's a little bit too... Teachy. Teachy, privilege. It's just yeah. not me. Right. 
and I don't think she's naturally funny, but she's she's smart and she works her way into funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think like a John Mulaney similar. I don't find him funny, but he's so smart that he knows where to go to funny. Like, right. Okay. Right. I like her observational skills and mental acuity and right. how she breaks it down for sure. Yeah. But um, I find with a lot of women, they talk about sex too much. Yeah. And I know that's a good entry point, but I want more. Right, right. And I think that's the thing with Nikki. I'm like, you have another gear that you haven't uh-huh. realized. You just, you play it safe every time and just talk about sex. And I I mean, what happens with, with women in comedy is since there's so few, they'll get plucked early. So they won't get the chance to develop it. You're not going to oh. turn it down. So then you start getting success and you're underdeveloped and you just have to learn how to just do stand up about sex. So that's all you ever learn. So like I had my moment in that, but then I switched to race and then I switched to observational. And then so I had time to develop over 10 years. Yeah. Women are getting that year three and then they're, Uh you know, so it's a a gift and a curse. But I like Michelle Wolf. Oh, yeah. yeah, She's super. Yeah. yeah. She's great. Yeah. Um, Her special was great. Um, and then her White House correspondence speech. Oh my was, God, killed. Yeah, I, I was happy with her. She, that's when I was like, okay, Michelle. I fuck with you. Yeah. Um, and Ch- Chappelle fucks with her. Yeah. Like she's in that camp. Yeah. So, and she might, her and my buddy Jack are the only good ones in my opinion. Everyone else in that camp is like fine, which is weird because Chappelle, you would think someone great only picks great people, but I think eight out of the 10 are just Eh, and mm. then you had those two. And I'm like, all right, hopefully they run. Mm. And, but yeah, Michelle's dope. Um, she's yeah, she's up there for sure. Yeah, there's. I think we'll start seeing more, like female comics put their fucking foot down and and start talking about the shit that they want to talk about soon. Yeah. Um, I hope so. Yeah. I also love old school Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Right. Thirty Rock, whatnot, yeah. Um, they're in it. They, yeah. They're great writers, and then they put themselves in the perfect position to be, yeah, to to shine the way they need to shine. So, yeah, I I fuck with them too. Um, who else is there? I think that's about it. Yeah, yeah. I can't think yeah. of anyone else either. Um. Then I start like dissecting comics. So like Tiffany Hatch, I'm not a fan of her stand up, but I'm a fan of So I saw her perform with Chappelle. Okay. And I've never seen Chappelle kind of scrap like Oh really? Be put on his back foot to keep up. Oh. And so Chappelle usually comes to the comedy store and he'll get drunk and he'll stay on stage for three hours. Uh-huh. It'll be a, he'll do a set, but it's just like Talking a lot shit. of silence. Uh huh. He'll say something, it'll be funny, and then silence. Tiffany made him get sober uh-huh. <laughs> in a 15 minute like increment. Like he had to, he tried to keep up, and then Tiffany kept like upping him. Oh. And so he was like, all right. He like, he had to turn on <laughs> yeah, Dave Chappelle. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a Tiffany's. She has chops. Ah. She so she just didn't get kind of the opposite. Uh, so no one gave her a fair shake to develop in stand up. 
Because, you know... She just went straight to the movies? No, no, no. She was... So, she was under Kevin Hart's class. Uh Uh-huh. She's been in for 20, 25 years. No one was giving... Comedy Store wasn't fucking with her. Oh, really? You know, I think it was just some, like, subtle black women racism. And so, they weren't giving her stage time. But she was clearly it. So, now when you watch her, she's underdeveloped because no one gave her a fair shake over a long period of time. Versus, you know, being able to even like a situation like me where they fuck with me and they'll let me develop. Uh So she she has the thing. But if it was matched with her being able to properly build her craft and learn the right way, she'd easily be like, yeah. So Again, she need, just needs more stage time. Yeah. she. Well, and I think it might be too late at this uh-huh. point. But She's like an, another Steve Martin where people just laugh at her because she's Tiffany. Yeah, but not even that. Steve Martin still came up. Mm. It's like if you never heard of Steve Martin, then there's Steve Martin like doing weird, wacky shit. Like He had the chops to go in and out. She doesn't. Uh. And, and that's not any fault of hers. It's just, that's just how she, you know, she developed. So... You know, there there's a group of women who are developing the right way. And I think that we'll start seeing that voice come out. And, and you know, you'll be like, oh, okay, she's, she's as funny as the boys. Okay, she's funnier than the boys. And then, you know, we'll have our next Sarah Silverman or, you know. But yeah, uh, Sam J has her special on Netflix. I will. I'll check Watch, that. Yeah, yeah, check that. That's the I, one I highly recommend. for another comedy special. Yeah. I just rewatched Delirious a few weeks ago. Yeah, what'd you think of it? I love. Yeah. Every time it gets better. Yeah. See, I'm I'm kind of I'm not necessarily anti Eddie Murphy. I just don't think he's a natural stand. He's kind of like Tiffany Haddish to me. You think so? Yeah, he's crisper and better at stand up, but I think he's an entertainer. Uh-huh. And so when people are like, he's the best stand, I'm like, no, Chappelle is. He's a great entertainer, but then when we talk about entertainer... Even before movies, though? Before he was in movies, you still think that? Yeah. The same way people feel about Kevin Hart, I think people would feel about Uh. Eddie Murphy. Where I'm like, I'm sure he's funny. Or I'm not doubting he's funny, but I'm sure, you know... I understand what you're saying. People people would be like, he's alright, you know, kind of how they try Kevin Hart. And I would defend it. I'm like, no, he's just doing this, but... I never grew up on Eddie Murphy. I grew up on I grew up on his movies, but I never grew up on his stand up. I grew up on like Chris Rock's stand up and Dave Chappelle's stand up. So completely different essences if, if you know. So one was smart, one is just like ice cream man, uh-huh. you know. So Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I love that bit he does. About marrying an African woman. Do you oh yeah, that yeah, one? yeah. Um, Eddie, <laughs> I love you, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I need her straight from Africa. Yeah. Sometimes I do that to Cody. <laughs> Cody, <laughs> I love you, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> Someone hears you, they're gonna be like, "Who? Who are you? Who are you? Oh, nothing, nothing. I'm not. I'm not making. I'm not doing an African accent. I'm just." Saying my dog's name. That's it. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, uh, coming to America, I died watching that because I watched it later mm-hmm. in my twenties. Yeah, and 
the set design in that is so sick. Yeah, it's super dope, uh-huh. super detailed. Uh, I mean, I can't hate on him in that regard where I'm like, he's kill- He's like, he's it. There's no denying that he's good. Um, There's a quote that he says, when you think of the 80s, I want you to think of Eddie Murphy. That's fair. Yeah. He's, yeah. I mean, he was, he was the first, like, he took it to a rock star status. Like, mm-hmm. And I think as much as I'm like, you know, I feel like comedians should be a certain way. Like, it still needs to be opened up. Like, we still need those guys to, like, bang that wall open and bust that down. And, you know, if we're behind music in that sense where we don't get mega stars like that very often, it's like, we should have more. We should have more of that. We should have more Chappelle's. We should have more Bill Burr's and Patrice's and, you know, like all these different people in order to, like, expand comedy the way it needs to expand rather than just one, one, you know, and everything else is, like, underdeveloped. So, um, yeah, hopefully I'll be a part of the generation that, like, fixes that. You already are. Right, right. Um, yeah, we just have to... I don't know. Just keep doing it, I guess. You know. What's everybody doing right now since there's no club? Um, a lot of people are not doing stand up or going to all like going to places where there are stand up. Oh, and, where they can. Yeah, but oh. for me, I've been like, there's park shows happening. Oh so, yeah, I've seen that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, there's some park shows. Those, I mean, I haven't stopped doing stand up. I just don't do it as frequently because it's not as much. Uh, stand up, but uh, outside of that, I guess figuring getting their shit to hopefully, like a good comic should get their shit together. Um, because if you're in LA, you want to do more than just stand up, yeah, like, you want to play all your hands, so like yeah. voiceover acting, creating, like I want to do all of those things. Um, I've been, I've been developing that side and then still like writing jokes down and, mm-hmm. and, and being like, okay, this is what I want my next set to look like on television. This is what I want my third set. This is what my hour's going to look like. This is what this is going to look like. So it, for me, as the, the prototype comedian, I think during quarantine, you should be ironing out what the fuck you want to yeah. do and how you're going to approach comedy afterwards. Yeah. And not in a, like, like a manipulative time kind of way just like what you really are and like just as soon as kill it the, yeah as soon as the gates open just bam 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 uh-huh. bam lay all those cards out that you've been like i'm this i'm uh-huh. this i'm this so um i think a lot of comics have been doing drugs like good drugs um, to open their mind open their mind i think i think this is gonna be like uh you know that prior carlin era where we start seeing greats like that because that's what they did during the hippie mm-hmm. revolution. They went up to San Francisco, just did acid all the time, and figured out what they were. And I, we're kind of doing the same. You know what book I'm reading right now is called Chaos. Have you uh-huh. heard about this? I've I've seen that book. Um, what is it about? With the red cover. Yeah. It's about the '60s and LSD and okay. the CIA, how they infiltrated uh, communities in San Francisco, especially a lot of pimps mm-hmm. and whores. To give them LSD and to spy on them. When they went back up into the room, they would be in the room next door and looking through 
like glass yeah you know, two-way mirrors uh-huh. scan behavior right it's called mk ultra yes or- yeah, yeah yeah okay yeah yeah acid definitely came out of nowhere and it's a very powerful drug <laughs> yeah sure. i mean they say that the cia even gave it to manson so he could give lsd to all his followers and brainwash them and control them oh wow and that's why he the sentence was so lenient on him huh yeah that's weird yeah it's weird to see how like the government has been involved in a lot of oh shit oh my god everything yeah that's the part where I'm like, where you're, you're kind of a realist where you're like, it's probably not going to change where I'm like, yeah, they've been fucking with people for a long time. They're not going to just get right all of a sudden, mm. even though they could, but, mm. um, yeah. Like that $500 billion deal the U.S. just made with Saudi Arabia for right. guns and how the NRA is now a nonprofit right. because they filed bankruptcy in New York and now they're based <laughs> out of Texas. Right. What? How do you get away with that? And then how are people, self-employed people like me, getting audited? Yeah. Right. And it's like the NFL's a non-profit. They don't pay taxes. Oh, NFL too? GE doesn't pay taxes. <gasps> like, it's it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's weird because, like, America will go around and give people guns and then go back around and be like, these people all have guns. We need to take... And it's like, bro, just stop. You know, but that's... That's a part of their dealings, I guess. Mm. So... I don't know. It's... it's. How do you feel about America when you left America? Did you... Did so happy. Okay. I wanted to get the fuck out of here. Okay. Yeah. But then I also wanted to come back. Right. <laughs> I was happy to be gone, Uh but it kind of made me appreciate America for what it was. So free. Yeah. But am I really free? Right. Well, freer than if I was in Russia or North Korea. Right. And it, yeah, it kind of, it made America grow on me in a different way. Um, But it gave me perspective because, you know, especially... Culturally, I think we are, we're number one in that for sure. I don't think there's other countries that are seeing us culturally where we innovate ideas and language and, and you know, people dress like us everywhere else. Like, you'll, they'll see Americans and they'll be like, okay. And it's because they see rappers. They see rappers. They see NBA players. They see all these cool people. And they're like, oh, we're going to dress like them. And then you go there and you're like, oh, you're dressed like us. So, like, that's what I learned when I left where I was like, Oh, we're innovating culture here, so I should keep being a part of that, you know? And I think the people who get bad reps are white men and white women because they go over there to vacation. Yeah. Whereas everyone else goes there to, like, figure shit out. Right. And so they're more disrespectful to other countries than we are. Um, I had to learn that about, I think it was... Saudi Arabians they didn't like Saudis in London and I was like oh that's racist and then someone explained to me they're like no it's not that it's that they they come over they bring their Lamborghinis and they just treat London like Vegas and I was like oh and I was like that's a great perspective I never thought of it that that way but 
and they're like, yeah, they're just like burning tires up and down, and they're just smoking and blah blah blah. And it's like, then they just leave, and we have to kind of clean up the mess or deal with that in consideration. And I was like, oh, that makes, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. And I, I know white guys are like that. White women, they come over just to like pillage. And right. It's like you can't do that. You gotta, you know. And I think being, you know, Korean and black, like we're tepid. We're like, all right, I don't know y'all, so uh-huh. I'm a, I'm a keep my cards you know and i'm gonna enjoy the city within my you know confine and then they're like oh we fuck with you you know Mm -hmm. so um that's what ended up happening with me and then i was like oh america and then you see their racism and you're like your racism's weak compared to ours ours is way better you don't even know you're getting fucked with and then you're hitting us with like banana like basic race it's like get the fuck out of here with that shit like it's nothing so um, yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's been, you know, good and bad. Yeah. yeah, of every place. When I left, I was so happy to not be a part of society. Yeah. Because there are societal trappings that all of us have. Mm-hmm. For example, when I, when I came back here from Bali, immediately I felt, all the things I needed. Right. Because I need this, that, 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 that. What I didn't need for the past three years. Right. So those types of trappings, I was happy to be away from. Mm-hmm. But when I was gone, I missed the level of conversation and right. being, people understanding my culture, how I grew up and right. references and a different level of friendship. So, yeah, it's always this give and take, I guess, right. of everything, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I, I guess that's why I'm hopeful as well. Like, that's another reason why I'm like, okay, it's not perfect. It's like family. It's yeah. like, it's not perfect. My mom and dad could have done things better, differently, but I'm like, I turned out fine. So mm-hmm. they did a good job. Like, they, they figured it out. I think, you know, you look at what America, like, at least from my, there's a lot of people who don't feel this way. So it's fair for them to feel that way. But I'm like, Okay, America didn't really fuck me over that bad. Like, I'm fine. I have some things. I have quirks. But I'm doing what I want to do. I'm helping other people do what they want to do. And I'm literally living my dream. Doesn't look like I want to. I wish I had crown molding and shit. But uh, I can't complain. So I'm like, am I mad at America? I'm like, I can't really be. Because I'm here. I'm doing it. So that's that's where I try to, like, be objective about it. Where I'm like... You know, maybe if I was working at Walmart in Oklahoma, I'd feel a different way. You know what I mean? I couldn't see my way out. But there's been enough for me to see my way out. And I'm like, all right. I don't know if America did that or the universe or God, whatever. But it was the right ingredients for me to, you know, live the way I wanted to live ultimately. And I think that's a privilege we can't negate. Especially when you wake up and you're doing what you want. Right. It's like, oh, this is a cheat code. Like, yeah. you know, so how mad at America can I, yeah. can I truly be? Yeah. You know, um, and I'm sure somebody in jail for 10 years off of a blunt feels completely different uh-huh. and rightfully so because uh, I could have easily have been that person, you know, um, but luckily I wasn't, so... You know, 
Every time I get stuck in my head about something like that, I just think about expanding my perspective. And I, I say to myself, okay, Chloe, remember when you wanted what you have now? Right. Because we're constantly evolving and right. getting more and taking in more. And that's what keeps me in check. Right. It's realizing you're, you're getting everything you yeah. asked for. Bro, you did it. <laughs> Like, what the fuck are you mad at, you know? And I think it's because we see everyone doing it a little better or different or more. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to do that more. And then you look back and you're like, I'm doing that. I'm just not posting mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's... Uh, they say uh, comparison is a thief of joy. Yes. Staying in your lane and, yeah. and just... Minding your own goddamn business. Right. <laughs> and not getting distracted and just... Making your shit, getting it out, mm-hmm. and then just repeating it and staying in that mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. I mean, it sucks to learn, but then you learn. You're like, oh, okay, this is what took me five years to figure out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, not needing approval is big. Yep, uh, and for me, it was giving myself permission, like. Mm. And a lot of times it was just because I didn't know I couldn't do that. Like, I was like, oh, I didn't know. You could do this? You uh-huh. could. Like, I remember the first time I saw, like, comedians go around on tour and then they'll do the morning news show. And I always thought it was like a inner, like a formal, like, hey, I'm Keith Johnson. I'm a comedian. Come out to see. And then I saw comedians just fuck with them. And they'd go on as characters and they wouldn't answer any question regularly. They're just fucking uh-huh. with and I'm like, oh, you could do that. Uh-huh. I had, and I was like, I want to do morning yes. shows now before I didn't want to do it. And uh-huh. I'm like, I'm doing that for sure. I'm fucking with people on the morning news. I'm getting, and then people are like, I like this guy. He's a comic. I'm showing up to the shows. That's you, Russell Brand. Right. Russell Brand does that. Um, uh, and then even him just being, dropping those little clips of being like, yo, here's how you beat the depression or whatever. Uh-huh. Like. 10 minutes long and he's just talking shit and he's figuring it out and people fuck with that mm-hmm. so giving yourself permission to not have to be funny that's that was a thing I had to learn like oh uh-huh. I always have to be funny I'm uh-huh. like no you don't and just be yourself just be yourself and then the funny will come while yeah. you're being yourself yeah so a lot of little yeah you know, it's like between every level you think it's just one jump but it's like a lot of little jumps and then you're like oh I finally made it so, yeah. yeah man I forget who said it but he said uh, being someone who's on their path every day is a small success because he was talking about he went to an award show and he thought oh my god I finally arrived this right. is it my life has changed but then the day after it was just oh another right. day in the life you're miserable yeah yeah so he's like every day is just a small step towards yeah. success it, yeah it's like a diet like you eventually like at first you're punishing yourself you're like uh-huh. i can't eat pizza i can't eat that but then you're like no i just try to eat healthy every day yeah and then, yes like for me and this was recent it was like you know i've been getting into flow states here and there and then i'm like all right let me consciously get there every day and then I'm like, all right, let me do my routine and then this and then get in the, fl- like, so it's been like 
building that repertoire. Now I'm like, okay, let me try to be in flow state every day now. Let me see how long I could control it. Let me see what I could create on it. Let me see uh, if I could do that in friendships and relationships with my parents, you know, and then you're all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is, this is what's going to bring success right here is, is like staying in that uh-huh. mentality. So, um, what does that feel like for you? Flow state? Like I'm a God, <laughs> in a in a weird way. Uh, like I could do anything. It, it feels easy. So when I'm dealing with problems, if these are all obstacles, I'm just like, dude, dude. And I'm just mm. in the moment and it's just not bothering me. It's mm. just like, I'm going at like light speed and then there's a rock and I just move it out the way uh-huh. and I'm like, nothing's going to stop me. I'm just getting to where I need to go. Uh-huh. Thoughts are clear. What I'm saying is, you know, point, like it, everything, it matters. Um, and it doesn't. I'm just like, what did you do that day? I'm like, I did nothing, but I felt fantastic. And so then I try to replicate that. Like what got me there? It was like, okay, eating healthy, doing your routine, working on something you want to work on, speaking your mind, whatever that little thing comes out, just being like, say that, see what happens. And I start trusting that, and then I'm there again. I'm like, okay, here we go, keep it. And then um, then you start getting rid of fears, you know, because what's on the other side of fear? Like, well, do you want to do this? No, I don't really want... Just go. It's just like you start saying yes to shit. Jim Carrey had a movie like that. Uh, yes, man. Oh, just, that's right. That's flow state. He yeah. just said yes all the way to whatever he was going to. Um, and so, yeah, it, it feels like you're running faster than the Earth is orbiting, I guess, if I could put that in. Mm. Yeah. So you're just like, I'm, I'm here, mm. and the Earth is just slow. So for me, it feels like presence. That too. Because yeah. I'm just so here. Yeah. When my mind gets in the way, that's why. That's when I'm not in flow. Right. Um. Then it gives you the chance to connect because you're like, oh, you're here. I'm here. Like uh-huh. it's like we see each other. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, presence. I don't know why I forgot that, but yeah, that's important. Um, and that I mean that's the ingredient to like more shit to come it's like yeah. yo just just like love is the answer be here now <laughs> be present surrender all of those things are the answer just do it whether yes. it's nike yes it's, all of it is just that's what keeps you locked in and just do those things every day your life will be fine mm-hmm. and you will make it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah one of the best things do you know jim roan do you ever listen to him he's an old guy one of the first 60s, 70s self-help kind of teachers. Uh-uh. Old white man. Um, he has these books and also YouTube videos of him just talking. But something he said was, this changed my life. Uh, write down your goal and then write down all the steps that you need to take to get to your goal. That's all you need to do. Right. One step after the other. Yeah. And then when you're done, just repeat it. Go uh-huh. back to the beginning. Uh-huh. Uh, I liked Warren Buffett's thing. He was like, write down 25 of your goals, all the things you want. Mm-hmm. Write down 25. He's like, circle the, the five that you want to do first. And then he was like, all right, now cross out the 20. Everything else is distractions. So, uh, so just work on the five. Focus. And then, yeah. 
Because yeah. I, I think I get distracted because I'm like... You want to do everything. I want to do everything. Yeah. And I think that's a form of fear of getting to a hard part in one thing uh, and being like, I'll just work on something else. But it's like, no, figure that out mm. and then solve it. And then once it's complete, then you'll work on the other thing. Mm. Or a new something will pop up and then you get to work on that. I so, like that. Yeah. That helped me a lot because uh-huh. I get overwhelmed. Uh-huh. And then I won't do anything. Uh-huh. And then I'll get depressed and the blah, blah, blah. And then I'm sad and I'm not moving. So uh-huh. then the five thing helped me stay in motion. Yeah. For me also working out. Yeah. I am a dog that needs a lot of exertion yes. of energy. That's my breed. And yeah. when I don't, I get so sedentary in my mind. Uh-huh. And the energy and the chi is just... Stagnant. It's off, and it, yeah, yeah. You, you, he, it's it's, like, it's just clinking. Yeah, uh-huh. you're just like, Ugh. uh-huh. Yeah, um, yoga helped me. I remember when I found yoga. Yes, I'd go to Moto Yoga up here, and uh, best. It like I was like, oh, I sweated out the bad shit, uh-huh. and, was, and then my day started to get a little better, and I was like, okay, and then I started working out, and for me. Like, I realized I can't work out like somebody who doesn't have a creative career. To, like, regular people go to the gym and they're getting swollen, they're uh-huh. doing P90X and they're working out two times a day and they got all the muscles. Uh-huh. Like, I can't work out like that, but I could find a workout. It's literally push-ups, sit-ups, squats, go for a walk or jog. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that's all I need to do every day before 12 and I get my shit out. Yeah. And so I've simplified everything. To the bare minimum, that gets me to that place. Yeah, working out. Yeah, you got to because, you know, if not, yeah, you get that noise, and then all of a sudden you're short. You're not present because you're thinking of shit. Yeah, you got all this angst because your body hurts. Yeah, whatever. Uh huh. Yeah. My thing lately has been forgive everyone. Yeah. And that's cleared so much for me. Um. And yeah, I I dealt with that. Well, my partner, she was like, why do I got to forgive everybody? And I was like, for you. It's yes. Not for, it's not for anyone else. No. It's for you, bro. Like, cause you're, Look at this angst. <laughs> yeah. you're carrying that shit around. Yes. Uh, in, in December, I did it right before the little shift that was happening. Uh, I called everyone I had beef with. Uh-huh. And, and I was like, hey, man, I'm calling because we had a beef. I didn't like it. This is what I didn't like. I know I did things to you. I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. And then we just squashed all of it. Ah. And it was just a good, it was like crying, happy, sad, like anger, happiness. But it ended on a good note every mm. time. And I was like, oh, we both needed that because mm. we've been carrying around this like, fuck this person. like, blah, blah. And yeah. then after that day, I felt like maybe 30 pounds just, just li- lifted off of me. Yeah. And I'm like, ugh. It, it, it like, slumps you down. Yeah, poison. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I was very grateful for that. Like, just letting go. Mm. It's like, some of us are addicted to that, though. We need that. The story. Yeah, of someone fucking me over. Right. It gives us an excuse to not work on our shit because someone's fucking us over. Yeah. And then, you know... Or some excuse, and then you get rid of that, and you're like, oh, it's just me. Mm. And so, you know, I've, I've been trying to do that with everything, too, even, like, you know, 
shit where I'm not wrong, where mm. I'm clearly right. Uh, I had a friend that said, uh, she was like, I was like, everyone keeps circling back. And I was telling you about like everyone, all of my friends being like, yeah, it, literally everyone called me and they're like, you're right, Keith. Like that was the first thing oh. they said. You were right. I'm sorry. I just wasn't ready to receive it. Oh. Everybody said you were pro like they were giving all of them the praises. And I was like, that's weird. But I knew that all along, and I and I was like, it took them seven years for them to tell me. And she was like, no, it took you seven years to real to let them back in the door. Oh. Once they were, and I was like, yeah, that's forgiveness. Oh. Because once I forgave them. Everything was normal, but when I didn't, don't talk to me because I cut people off. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I don't need to deal with you. But once I uh, let them back in the door and sit down and be like, hey, I'm sorry for my shit. And then that's the first thing they said. Mm. You were right. I'm like, I knew I wasn't quick. Because <laughs> no one tells you you're, 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 you're right. They'll just let you deal, like feel that you're wrong. Yeah. Even though you are right. And then you start feeling great. Like, Am I crazy for it? Like, like you said, not calling out the patterns of the people that you saw. And if you do, people don't say anything. You're like, yo, I'm not the uh-huh. only one seeing this, you know. Um, and then, you know, finally when they admit it, when they come to and they're like, yeah, I was using and manipulating. Like, you're just like, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't crazy. So That's good of you for calling them. I haven't called any of them. I've just forgiven them within myself. Oh yeah, it's good. It it helped. It was scary. I was emotional. And I don't like being that. I like being, you know, reserved, but it it let them know, you know, hey, like I wasn't ha- here's why. And I I made sure I was in the healthy state like and I let them know like, "Hey, I I'd like to talk to you about this. Um it's going to remain healthy." So I set my yeah. my parameters. Yeah. I'm not here to argue. Uh-huh. I'm here to do this. And everyone who I spoke to was willing and like, they're like, okay. And, you know, we hash it out. I owned up on my shit first. So there's no, like, you can't say I didn't own up on my shit. But then I let them like tell, I told them how I felt like, hey man, that shit. And most of it was, hey man, you hurt me. Yeah. You hurt me. and, And I had to recover on my own with no apology, no acknowledgement. And I think that's when, you know, they're like, oh, like, you know, they ignore that part. They ignore the part of I hurt other people by not being mindful. Right. So it's good. I I think I tried to make that feeling as mutually beneficial to to everybody. It sucks because you got to be the bigger man. And I hate being the bigger person because no one else... Is the bigger person yes, than me? Yes. Why and can't I'm like, you be the bigger right. person? It's like I gotta. So <laughs> I gotta do this. I gotta tell you to apologize. Like, bro, you fucked me over, uh-huh. and I gotta come to you. I hate that, but you know, it's. I guess it's the path we chose. Like we, we chose to be the a righteous group of people. So that means we have to do that, even though we don't want to, mm-hmm. even though ego and pride's in the way. But you know, it. It feels good when you finally do it. And it's like, yeah, All right, it's worth it. Right. And if they if they receive it the wrong way and splash out, at least you could say you tried and you did it correctly. And then they're just not ready. And you know that happened before, not this last round, but you know they just weren't ready. And I was like, all right, cool, I tried, mm-hmm. and that lets it mm-hmm. go too. 
you know. So if you if you move righteously, you know, there's no way that people could say you fucked them over, you know, if you're the bigger person all of the time. So Yeah. The only time I feel like I someone could say I fucked them over it was because of my own ignorance. Yeah. It was never on purpose. Right. But now as someone who's older and understands the world. Right. I think back, I'm like, oh, that's why they interpreted it right. that way. For for me, it's, uh, I don't, I think it's the comedian in me. I don't filter certain words. Mm. I think it's my comedian tone plus my voice plus mm. my, where it comes off authoritative. Where mm. I'm like, what's that, uh you know, maroon sweat, and it just comes off like, oh, you don't like my sweat? Like, uh-huh. comes off like that, and they take something the wrong way, and then I'll just leave, and they think I just don't uh, fuck with them. And I'm like, no, I just... That's how I talk. Yeah, this is how I talk, and I'm not changing that. Uh-huh. And so once I, like, circle back, I'm like, oh, you were hurt because of this. I'm like, oh, I didn't mean it that way. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes I'm being petty. I'm not gonna lie. I, I get petty. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I don't, like, like you said, the person does so many little things, so I'll fight back with petty. Just mm-hmm. be like, I'm sending this shot your way. Or I won't say anything at all, and I'll let something build. And then, like, I'll take all these little shots, and then I'll pull out my gun and just shoot them back. And I'm like, boom. And they're like, where did this come uh-huh. from? And I'm like, bro, you've been taking little weird shots at me the whole time, yeah. and now I'm shooting back. So yeah. deal with that. And yeah. I think that's when I apologize eventually. Or I don't. And I'm uh-huh. like... You know what's coming to you. Like, uh-huh. you know what you're doing or you'll find out. So That's my way, too. Yeah. It, <laughs> that's the not the healthy. big shot. Right. At the end, they're like, the fuck? <laughs> right. Where did that come from? Uh-huh. It's like, oh, I, I didn't even do anything. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you, you did. You did a lot of little things. Uh-huh. And this is the weight of that back at you. Um, Are you Sagittarius? No, I'm a Leo. Oh, okay. Yeah. So still fire sign. I'm a Sag. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what is that? Decemberish or? Yeah, end of November, okay. early December. Yeah, um, yeah, Leo and uh, yeah, lion, the hair. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. That's great for a comedian. Leo. Yeah, to be on stage. Yeah. Perform. Get, and then I get to just be my lazy lion everywhere yeah. else and just lay down. And, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been good. It it gives serves its purpose, keeps me happy. So, yeah, and then once I grew out my hair, everyone was like, "Oh, you're like they they'll, f- like when I say I'm Leo, they're like, oh, your hair.' Uh-huh. I'm like, man, where it works. Uh-huh. It works <laughs> I'm happy. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't get the part on uh dying up there, but yeah, it, it worked. I guess. So. Well, what's your hair before? I just had like a like short on the sides and kind of curly up top, um, but not long. No, about this long, just enough to get a little curl. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Hair is a totally different look, right? When you yeah. look in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Different person. Yeah. Uh huh. Even shaving your beard, like like when I shave my beard, oh, I'm like, I'm, sure. I'm a different person. I gotta keep. <laughs> uh huh. Um shaving i mean for me i think it gave me and it was a weird thing because it was someone had a 
kind of a joke. They riffed on it. They're like, ever since Trump got in office, all my black friends grew out their hair. And I was like, huh, that is a thing. Cause that really? Was, yeah. And I was like, that's weird. And I think, I think it was because Obama had such a, like, he was the idea of perfection. Mm-hmm. That that became the mold of like what people were looking for. So like they were like, oh, we want to work with somebody like Obama. He's the perfect black guy, and he essentially oh. he is. So we were all clean cut. Oh. And then when Trump got in the office, he's a wild man. Uh-huh. So it's like fuck it, I'm gonna grow out my hair and oh. be what the fuck I want to be. And Interesting. I th- think it was a subconscious thing. Yes. Where it allowed us to be ourselves without feeling bad about who we were. Mm. And so, you know, and people weren't finding details on why they weren't. They were just looking for reasons of, like, why we should bring everyone in. Because we're not trying to be racist. So, they bring everyone in. It was like, yeah, you just got to take me with my hair. You got to take me with, you know, whatever. And I have friends who have long dreadlocks that dealt with not getting what they wanted because they had hair and then now it's just it opens up so um wow something so small very subtle Uh thing yeah i thought that was a very good observation yeah yeah so uh yeah it was that yeah i've been growing up four years i guess and then like there's been times where i'm like i'm gonna cut it but like no just just keep it Mm. so Thing. I do have to say, the few days after Trump left office, I felt this relief in my body. The, wor- the world's been peaceful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was loud noise and it just quieted. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel safe. Yeah. Things felt at ease. Uh-huh. Long, yeah. I think uh, Trump, in a weird way, exposed a lot of things that needed to be exposed Mm -hmm. so that thing like before when even when obama was in office we were talking like with Chappelle, like hey why don't you come to pro like all that shit was still happening Mm -hmm. but something in trump inspired people to be like i'm not him so i'm gonna go out so it worked in a weird way like you know it there there is an effect that he had on people yeah not saying that's a intentional but it, it's almost like because he he is that person to say the thing it's not necessarily the right thing but you know there's a lot of things that he opened up that i'm like all right I, i'm not mad at it it, it kind of forced people's hands mm-hmm. whereas before people could be like you know mm-hmm. you know i don't talk policies like no you have to now uh-huh what's what's good Chappelle had a joke about it. He's like, white people don't talk about politics. And he's like, Paul, don't ever ask me that disrespectful question. And then he's like, so I was fucking my wife in that. Like, so he, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's perfect. But now it's front and center. I think, you know, being from Florida, that's why I don't have that Southern view of like, South is racist. It's like, nah, they just leave their shit up top. So you know what's good. And then if you're willing to look past that, you know, you you're, you could be cool. So I have friends who wear Confederate flag. I have friends who, okay. you know, wear Black Lives Matter, you know. So um, that's just a normal thing. And then in California, it's here. It's mm-hmm. like, you got to find that out. You're talking to someone uh, and they're like, well, you know, Trump's not a bad guy. He's like, And you're like, oh, you're one of them. Uh, 
Oh, I thought you were. This is why I couldn't fuck. So, uh, it's. I mean, you see it out loud, and then it's. It's almost reverse here. Mm-hmm. People are gay openly, but their politics are in the in, mm. in the closet. And in Florida, they're gay in the closet, but their politics are out. For, so it's it, the culture's uh-huh. different. Uh-huh. Neither's wrong or right, but should be just everything's out in the open. Like, yeah. you know who I am. You know, nothing to hide. Blah blah blah. So yeah. Huh. Interesting observation with the hair. Yeah, I thought that was a perfect observation. And then I started looking around. I'm like, Kyle too. Kyle used to be the low cut. Mm. He started growing his hair out around the same time. And I was like, huh. And we, when we were in high school, we had a similar thing where we both grew our hair out at the same time. But it was a very subconscious thing. Mm-hmm. And. uh yeah, I think it hair represented freedom, like in a sense, like I yeah. finally get to be me. You yeah. know, this is who I am. Definitely, so. like women with their hemline during the Civil War. Yeah, after the war, it just kept going up and up and yep. up and up and up. <laughs> right, <laughs> and it's just like giving them permission to just be free. Be free. Be free. No, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I saw. A freaky alert on my computer the other day it said your screen is being watched on my lock screen and i thought it was the government but it was actually i accidentally pressed screen record (laughs) (laughs) man (laughs) you're like mk ultra here it is it's here it is fucking here yeah that's funny yeah that happens. I get I get paranoid yeah. too. Where I'm like, even like I usually have little sticker on my cameras. Oh yeah. And same. then I took them down to do some podcasts, and then I haven't put them back up. But there's uh-huh. been times where I'm like, I need to put it back up. I need to like, you know, hide whatever I'm hiding. I'm like, well, I don't have anything. To hide. Right. What the fuck? I'm not looking doing? for you. Right. That's gonna, what I realized too. You want to see some jokes, bro? <laughs> you want to see my porn history? This, this is it. Here it is. Take it. Look at Trump, I'm like, if he was really about, like, all the Trump supporters like, oh, he's here to do this, this, and this, and they'd say, like, he's going to pardon Snowden, he's a, if he did that, then I'd be like, hey, he's more believable that maybe he was this thing, but he didn't do any of that. So yeah. Like, yeah. He, he was kind of like a, he was a glitch for sure, but not the best glitch that happened. He but, pardoned uh, Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne and Kodak Black. Yeah, why? <laughs> I have no idea, but, you know, it made sense when... Lil Wayne did that endorsement. Uh-huh. Like, Why did he do that? Uh-huh. And then that you're like, weird. oh, he he did it for a pardon. Yeah. And I mean, Trump kept his word on that. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, because Lil Wayne gets caught up in little stupid shit that he shouldn't. But Drugs? I don't, yeah. Hmm. But he, I mean, he's not a. He's clearly not a threat to society. I think the last time he got caught with a gun and some weed or some shit like that, it's like. Let them go. Like, uh-huh. he's at the airport. He's Lil Wayne. Like, if you don't know that he's carrying some of this shit, then you're not aware as an officer. Like, you need to let certain shit go. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it worked for him. So, you know, I guess that's worth the endorsement if you're Lil Wayne. But lose the respect of everyone right. around you. I mean, it'll come back. Like, I think people will, once they saw the part and they're like, oh, that's why you did uh-huh. it. Am I going to get mad? Uh-huh. I no. guess. Yeah. yeah. He lost. Yeah. I still got my shit. Uh-huh. You know. But you're still going to be that guy. Right. You know, even Kanye gets that rap, but, uh, 
Dude. I understand why he did it though. Yeah. Different I'm a, reasons. Yeah, I'm a Kanye cult person for yeah. sure. Free thinking. Yeah. I understand that perspective. Do I think it's right? Eh. It's ahead of its time. I think that's yeah. what Kanye is. He's very ahead of his time. But him being like, hey, why do we naturally right. tend to lean this way rather right. than the other way? That's a, that's weird, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think he did it the wrongest way. But even when he met with Trump, it was his pop, like his plan was very pro black. Like, I don't, he's like, we want to go to Chicago and build this, this, this so we could fix Chicago. I want to do this. You got a free Tukey Willie. Like, it was like a very, a very black list. And I was like, people can't be mad at uh-huh. him. But I think, um, what I learned from, so I used to work for the Kardashians and, think they're harmless like i don't think they're you know all the backlash that they get one they do it and that's what i learned i'm like oh PR. anytime you hear something about the kardashians it's on a sunday or a monday uh-huh. and it's right before the next episode and i was like uh, uh none of this was yeah none of that was orchestrated and it'd just be i realized the people who queen jenner yeah she's a mastermind she she and once i saw that i was like uh, she's cut from the same cloth as like Devil Wars. Like she's Devil Wars. Probably like they're all the same type of boss. And I was like, oh, you're you're just her in a different yeah. world. And I was like, okay, I get it. It makes sense. This is why you do this. This is why you do that. She's a bad bitch in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and to think like, you know, if a girl had a sex tape that was released, she could either be the victim or turn it into a career you mm-hmm. did the most feminist thing ever mm-hmm. it's like i'm not gonna let this stop me i'm gonna yeah. flip it and yeah you know because really that's a crime on ray j but then it turns out like no she, kim's mom just flipped it and then did ray j leak it i think or did so kim's mom leak it so i think i think from what i've heard is that it was a combination of the porn company and the production company that they're like yo this is it like you need to make a move and Chris Jenner was like alright do I let my daughter be you know casted as a whore to society or do I flip it into you know this and she chose that I'm not mad at that you know what I mean because you know I haven't done this but I'm sure women have recorded themselves with a dude that they think they like and then they break up and then the guy's like I got this on Mm. you like and I think that was the case, you know. She fell victim to, you know, being vulnerable. Be like, yeah, you could record me. I, I get, you know, and that's one of those gray areas that we are talking about before where she may have wanted to say no, but it's a guy that she cares about and he's being finesseful. Be like, no, just just do it. Just turn on the camera. It's nothing. It's with me, baby. And then all of a sudden it gets yeah. leaked. It's like, you know, I know she wanted to say no, but she didn't. Gotta have Disney music going in the background. Right. <laughs> it's like that would Disney would have cleared it up fast. <laughs> um, but yeah, that uh she made the you know, the that decision. The right move, yeah. yeah. I'm not mad at it. Same. Um But oh what, what did were I we say? talking about? Her manipulating the media. Before that though, you you said you were doing work for them. Right, right. And I saw... So I used to see pictures all the time. Uh-huh. And then I'm like... So it'd be a picture of one of my coworkers with one of the girls. 
and they were like, who's this mysterious man? And it'll be on the national, like, it'll be on the magazines. And yeah. we'd be like, wait a minute, that's not a thing. That's that's Chris. Like, yeah. And then it got to a point where one day she got out of the car and her belt was like flipped up. Mm-hmm. And then all the paparazzi took a picture of her and she went inside and she looked down and she was like, fuck. And then she came back and she was like, hey, don't leave yet. Erase all those pictures. I'm going to do it again. And she got out of her car pulled back in, uh, got out, her belt was fixed. And then that picture got on uh-huh. Touch or whatever, We or whatever yeah. whatever the magazine was. And I was like, oh, this is just, like, we're being manipulated because we just think we're seeing something and then it's really orchestrated by sure. the people or the people behind it. And I think Donald Trump did that yeah. as well. Like, he was a master of that. Yeah. Where he'd move off of controversy, he'd move off of, you know, whatever was given to him. And uh, it's not healthy. It's not a healthy thing to do. It's not good for America because right. we, we're all agitated. Like, um, I think I saw something. Every time Trump tweets Pornhub, like something reckless, Pornhub goes up. Oh, really? It's like people are like on the computer and they're freaked out and oh. they need... They need, a like, release. a release, adrenaline, or dopamine, so they're just jerking off. And so, it it was literally correlated to no that. No way! Yeah. And, you know, and I was like, oh, we're just, we're just anxious. Yeah. Like, and we don't have a release, so, like, you know, after Biden, everything kind of smoothed out. I was like, huh, maybe, you know, maybe my sex drive isn't that hot. Maybe I don't need to see so much feet, <laughs> you know? It's, <laughs> It's just like, oh, I was just anxious because of the world around me. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, and then I could just focus on my routine of, like, working out, doing a little project, mm-hmm. and then doing what I want, so. Those QAnon people must feel so dumb. Yeah. Like, fuck. We got screwed. Right. They, they were, yeah, I have a friend. Oh, really? Who's not necessarily a black Trump supporter, but. A Q Q and I'm like, bro, you know you're getting got by a kid who made a video in a basement. So none of this is like real shit. I'm sure it's rightfully so. It's it, it comes from real shit, but right? It, it comes from a kid making a YouTube video and being like, look at this, connect this with this, this is this. Some of it's true, some of it's not, and and like, yeah, they got played big time. How does he feel now? Is he still into it? I don't know. I haven't. I haven't asked. Mm. Like I kind of. We. Sh- I should be like, bro, you're but. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you were wrong. You know, blah blah blah. But I think what was weird, and I don't know if it was like him. Everybody who is QAnon, like they all started maybe when Obama was in office. Because that's when I started seeing conspiracy theories mm. take off. Mm. And so I think over the course of 10 years, you know, went from that to Pizzagate to Jeffrey Epps. So, oh, like, Pizzagate. there was enough that. right shit for yeah. them to keep going, being like Jeffrey Epstein, you know, this and that and this, Hillary email. Like, so it was like, where they were, like, I think they were like 50 50. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, it got, I think all of them stem from when Obama was in office and they started like these YouTube videos of like, Obama's this, he's doing this and after this is going to be destruction. It's like, no, it's not. It's just, 
people got you thinking. Yeah. YouTube. And then when social social dilemma came out, they're like, this is how YouTube works. Yeah. It gets you in a rabbit hole. Now all of a sudden you think the earth's flat. Because you watched right. the algorithm that right. we built to fuck with you. To get you hooked on keeping us employed. You know what I mean? And they don't realize that they got got. Yeah. They just think the other side's getting got. I'm like, yes. no, you got got too, bro. You just don't want to admit it. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it gets deep. It does. Yeah. So I try to stay above it as much <laughs> as I can, even though I get got. Yeah. I just try to approach everything from a neutral perspective. Right. Like, okay, what are the facts? What's the information? Right. Let me read from 10 other sources to right. see what they're saying and then try to piece it together. Right. And I think what helped me get out of this game, like this little game, this was in November and I was watching like a documentary of, I think it was like, Ross Perot versus Bill Clinton. Like, they're running an election. And the same thing was happening. Mm. It was like, Ross Perot's a neo-Nazi and Bill Clinton is a uh-huh. liberal that wants this. And I was like, oh, this game has been yes. happening every year. Yes. And then and then I watched, because uh, I remember when Obama and McCain were running, I hated McCain. I hated John McCain. He was the devil. He was the, trying to get slavery back. Then I watched the debate, and I was, it was the most peaceful debate. It was like the first question was, do you think Obama's a Muslim? He's like, hey, I'm going to stop this right now. This man's an American. Like, it, everything was, like, mm. honorable. And I was like, I hated this man for what? And uh-huh. I was like, he was decent. They just disagreed on politics. And then I realized it's the same game uh-huh. every time. And I'm like, oh, they just get us wrapped around and all agitated. Then we hate each other, and then it just eases right. up. So, I realize that too, but from listening to a Reagan speech uh-huh. when he was talking about law and order, uh-huh. it was the exact same speech that Trump gave during the protests. Mm-hmm. And then the media is going to pull mm-hmm. a little snippet, mm-hmm. and then bam. Uh, there's a story about you, you're familiar with Allen Iverson, right? Uh-huh. Basketball player. Yeah. Have you heard of his pr- practice speech? No. No? Okay, so there's a clip of him that it, it was basically a running joke for the rest of his career Uh-oh. where he's talking and he's like, practice? Y'all talking about practice? I'm at the game and I'm scoring 30. You, you're you beating me up on practice. So they made fun of him for that. And that kind of uh, was a stigma of his career. Uh, Saying like Allen Iverson doesn't like practice, uh-huh. but the whole clip was, "Hey guys, my friend just got killed. The murderer's in court, and he's beating the case right now. So right now, I'm not in the best spirit. Mm-hmm. I haven't been showing up to practice. Please don't talk to me about practice. I'm showing up to the games, mm-hmm. but I'm literally uh... going to make sure my friends and family is okay. Yes. The first question is, why aren't you showing up to practice? And he's like, come on, man. Second question, practice. So it gets to the point where he's like, practice. We're talking about practice. Uh, And that clip fucked Allen Iverson up for the rest of his career. And he literally did the right thing. Hey, please don't beat me up on this. And I think that, you know, 
the media does that on you know on both on sides. They, you know they did it for a long time with you know black people getting killed. They'd be like this. He was high on weed, and and it's like, bro, this is a person. This was a kid, mm-hmm. and now you know they did it. Trump and Trump was saying like, yo, the media is the problem, and he was right, but it was also he was taking advantage mm-hmm. of it while he was saying it was wrong, mm-hmm. and so it was like, you know, it's. He fucked the game up to the point where it was like, yo, you're doing a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of basketball, I love Save the Last Dance. Or The Last Dance or Save the Last Dance? Say, was it Love and Basketball? No. Save the, the Last Dance? The Jordan documentary. Oh, 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 Last Dance. The, la- last, the dance. last Dance? Save the Last Dance is with... Uh, Julia... Yeah. What was her name? The 90s yeah. blonde. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that was a weird transition. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It, it was it, it inside, kind of showed what the fuck people were thinking. That that along with the Steve Jobs book was mm. like, oh, asshole leaders are back. Yeah. Hi, Cody. Whoo! What time is it? Eleven. Oh wow. That's yeah. fire, though. Yeah. Might need that one. Bro, it says inner voice. I didn't even realize it said that. Until... No, she got a couple of them like that because I might need that hoodie with the green on it. Hoodie with the green? You know what the green? The one that I had on that you brought over here? Oh, it says peace. That one? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I found some shoes finally. Ooh. Yeah, so. Green shoes? Yeah. Black mm. and green. Mm. All white shit. I got a new camera too. You need to pull up. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do that. Yeah, because um, um, that's so nice. You guys have that friendship. Yeah, lifelong friendship. Right. We we did the math one. And I was like, man, I know you since you were twelve. Because wow. he, when he turned thirty, I was like, you're thirty now. I was like, when did I meet you? And he was like, fifth or sixth grade. Oh and my I was god. Like, Fuck. I was like, okay. And then I did the math. I was like, wow, you might be one of my longest lasting friends mm. being in the military. Like, more of my dad, our parents being in the military. Oh, your parents met in the military. So your parents know each other, too? Well, no, no, no. They are in the military, but we both lived in similar places. So when I met him, I was like, where are you from? Uh, and we, we had similar vibes. And uh, people would always be like, yo, y'all look like, even though we don't. But uh, they'd be like, y'all look like brothers. And they're like, no, we just know each other. And then when I was like, where are you from? He's like, Virginia. I was like, oh, I grew up in D.C. And you live here now. And then, you know, we just started hanging out. And then our parents met because they're, you know, similar government workers and whatnot. And then, oh. Just, and then I went to college at Florida State in Tallahassee. And then he went to FAMU. So I thought after high school, I probably wouldn't have seen, I wouldn't see him anymore. And then he went to FAMU, which is literally, you know, going from Melrose to Sunset. It's like that close to mm. each other. Uh, and then I graduated college and then went to do comedy. I thought I would never see Kyle again. And then he called me one day, I'm moving to L.A., oh, wow. what do you think? And uh, so then, yeah, mm. he's just been here. So it's it's been weird, but, like, it works out, like, where I'm, like, he's he's one of the few people who's taken everything I said and just done it with, like, just trust. And I was like, okay, you really trust me. And when I was telling him how to get to L.A., I didn't know. I didn't know what the fuck. I was like, I I just said shit. I just said a number, save two thousand dollars, and 
quit your job and bring pack one bag only. And he became one bag, $2,000. He was like, all right, now what? And I was like, <laughs> I didn't think you were going to come because no one else came. Uh-huh. And so then we figured it out. He crashed in my studio for a couple weeks. And we were like, all right, we need to look for another house. And then we found this. Oh. And then lived here for seven, eight, wow. seven years. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it worked out. That's awesome. Yeah. And then his mom, like, I think she hit up my mom. And she's like, at first I was nervous that Kyle's moving to L.A., but now that Keith is with him I'm okay mm. and so she you know I, I was like okay we're good like mm. parents trust you know they know we're, we're fine because mm-hmm. we're similar we're just stay out of trouble do our shit mm-hmm. be introverts you mm-hmm. know? so that's so cool that your parents met outside of your guys's relationship as well yeah um that's so rare yeah it I had my best my other best friend who I hated because we didn't get along at first. Mm-hmm. My dad would come home and he'd be like, yeah, yeah, have you met Mike Bailey? And I was like, yeah, I don't like him. Why? Oh, well, yeah, just wondering. And then they were good friends and we hated each other. And then one day I had a childhood friend grow up. This was in high school. And he came, he's like, do you know Mike Bailey? I was like, yeah, why? He's like, I grew up with him. And I was like, what? And then his dad worked with both of our dad. Like, it was all of our parents were connected. Uh-huh. And then I came up to my friend Mike. I was like, hey, man, you know Brian? He's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, my dad is friends with your dad. So I, and then afterwards, we just became best friends. So, like, they'll literally work together. And then, you know, when we went to college, they subconsciously dressed the same way. They were just like cool dads, and I was like, "Oh, like we were almost meant to be." Yeah. Friends. Like, there's no avoiding this. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we've been friends since. So. Yeah, being in the military, or being a product of, or son or daughter in the military, like, I'm used to just picking up and moving every four years or every two years, where I'm like, "See ya! I'll never mm-hmm. see you again." And we had what we had, and I'm okay with that, and see, you know, and then, you know, overall, there's been, like, a handful of people that still fuck with me, and I'm like, oh, y'all are my real friends, mm. so, yeah. There were some freaky billboards going around, uh, around summertime for the Marines and the Navy around L.A. Did you notice that? What would they say? protect something along the lines of protect what's yours Mm. it was a bit ominous right with a line of guys and guns pointing it in one direction right they i mean i've seen them play into a little bit of everything Mm -hmm. you know like even like the colin kaepernick thing like where everyone's getting he's fighting the truth he's disrespecting the truth that's a military push because they invest fucking millions of dollars to have the jets come over and then military appreciation day they get benefit half off tickets and um all this shit like all the commercials that are in between super like so of course they're gonna be like 
nothing against America. Like, we can't mm -hmm. protest America. So, like, when I heard that, I was like, oh, this is why they're so resistant to him, even mm. though Colin Kaepernick did everything correct. Uh-huh. And it had nothing to do with the troops. But I'm like, oh, this is the NFL protecting the billion dollars that they're probably getting from the from the government because from the military because the government pays them you know most of the uh covid relief bills are going to the military they're like yeah 100 trillion to the military 1 billion to people and i'm mm -hmm. like bro where's all that money going and it's mm -hmm. like some of it's going to the nfl and you know they're paying for people not to you know protest and i was like oh okay that makes sense yeah i don't agree with it but you know it's logical yeah and, Kyle asked, he was like, who, <laughs> he's like, are you going to edit it? I was like, that's like five hours of conversation. Yeah. You might have to just break it up into part one and two. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. And then just cut it at a, find a point and be like, this is a good point. And then, uh -huh. you know, around two hours and then part one, part two. This is the longest one. <laughs> <laughs> Because the person's like tapped out, and I'm like, but like, it's like, no, we can talk, but and then Kyle came, right? Right, da, 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 added da, da, da. some substance, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, this, yeah, this works, but yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, it's it's good for the righteous or the, the, the people who are, are like minded to run in camps, you know, yeah, find, find each other it's to so be like, important. right, um, because we're the people, and, and I guess. LA kind of tricks you and thinking it's like no you meet people along the way and then you just grow from there yeah. so you know and that's the name of the game that I didn't realize until like someone was like I, like I think they had an agent big agent and they're like you know honestly the agent hasn't helped me yeah it's all of my opportunities come from friends and I was like huh that's and I didn't believe it at first, and then I started seeing it. I'm like, oh, he's not lying. They're, yeah. they're telling the truth. Um, I thought they were just dismissing it. Like, oh, no, don't worry about the big agent. Look at me here. But, you know, every opportunity has come from me getting hit up by one of my friends. Like, yo, you're the perfect person for this. And then that role is perfect rather than me pretending to be right. something I'm not. Right. It's like, yo, I wrote this with you in mind. You just have to be yourself. That's better. Mm. It's way better. Mm. So. I think the agent is the SNL of just that stamp. Yes. Of being passed mm -hmm. or and initiated into yeah. that whatever and system. I, yeah, it is. And because we think that it's almost, it's reversed because they work for us. Mm. And they get 10% of what we, or 20%, whatever. But somehow, they flipped it into us working for them mm. and us seeking them out. And it's like, no, they just got lazy at their job. Yeah. They got very lazy. And they don't come to the clubs. They don't scout talent. Yeah. They don't do anything. And to be fair to them, working a nine to five and then going to a comedy club or going to see music concerts and shit that's tiring i wouldn't mm -hmm. want to do that either if i couldn't mm -hmm. or if i didn't need to but that's something that they don't do now and then somehow that 
flipped into their power where we're seeking out them and it's like no there are pawns there are people to be like you do this you do this you do this and um yeah hopefully with this shift they'll get their shit together what i hope is that more people who are creative will lean into those executive positions Uh to bring taste back yes because i'm sure you can tell yeah when they, watching something or listening to something, you're like, oh. They took they take the easy way out, mm-hmm. which is, they don't scout. They just be they'll just be like, who who's your person? I'll put your person on. You put my person on. Both of them are trash, and then the real person who's good for that role and the, this person who's good for that role, they never find because they're just they don't do the work. And I think once they get rid of Pollock, like. They need to lighten up on politics in order to find the right people. And then it only helps. It's like your project's going to get better. You're going to get more money because more work is going to happen because the right person is in it rather than your person. And, um, yeah, I hope something, some shift needs to happen because they fucking suck, you know, for sure. And then I think with quarantine, a lot of, like... If an Andrew Schultz went into some type of, not agent, but just some some sort of like production role, comedy would benefit because he's is he a comic? Yes and no, but if he is he more of a business person? Yeah, that's for sure. So if he went in and was like, all right, comics now have this, then comedy would be better rather than some failed comic who is jaded or some failed actor who's jaded who becomes an agent and now they're not putting the right people on because they don't know taste and they don't have yeah so i really love what zendaya and what's denzel's son's name i know what you're talking about uh i forget his name no it's john john maybe john it's a simple name i think it's john anyways they just filmed the movie together during quarantine and I love their model because everyone in the cast and the crew owned a piece of the film instead of the executives right and that's how they built the infrastructure and then sold it right but after they sell it they still keep it right it yeah I mean it it it's just good for like morale it's good for like it keeps you wanting to give more and like get more it's like an ecosystem so Mm -hmm. yeah hopefully there'll be more of those yeah i hope so too yeah i I mean it takes people like us to like be like all right this is what i'm willing to give and then you know everybody could eat if we do this right yeah yeah so well, I'm so inspired to meet you. Thank yes, you. This I feel has been invigorated. Good. And, I'm glad. And lucky and honored, and you filled my cup. <laughs> Thank you. I'm <laughs> glad I did. Um, I feel the same. It's good to run into like like-minded individuals, and and I think that Kyle made a good fucking connection, and and yeah, I think something. This is the beginning of something. Mm-hmm. So, how can people find you? On Instagram, Keith Johnson HQ, and that will lead you to my link tree, Keith Johnson HQ, and then you can see all my work. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. And what's your podcast called? Good Friends, Bad People.
And then the new one I'm dropping is called With Warm Regards. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Where are we at now? Let's see. So that's 218 and we were at 330. So that's six. Wow. <laughs> we beat Rogan. 